The employment hour, anytime you need to get hold of Lior, it is simple. one 821 5900 and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com is the email address. We always get to a ton of things on the show. You have uh, questions, queries, uh, well, for the next hour, you're going to probably get them answered. If not, we'll give you a different way to do that. Uh, in fact, the website will uh, direct you to in just a little bit. We will also get to uh, lots of things, including the week that was, is how we start. That's right, John, and always uh, happy to be back here to talk about the one thing I actually know something yeah. about, which is employment law and workplace rights, and uh, happy to educate and inform people uh, about their workplace rights. We have an interesting show ahead, so hopefully everyone stays tuned. If you've wondered about your workplace rights, especially can my employer do X to me, we're going to answer all those questions later on. And to get us in the mood, to get us started, uh, let's talk about the week that was. A couple of situations that I dealt with Mm -hmm. in the last few days where uh, I I want our listeners to take some uh, important uh, lessons uh, from them. The first situation involved uh, a lady who had interviewed for another job interviewed for a job, I should say, got the job. She was happy with it. It represented more money than what she was making before and accepted the job. So she turned around and she resigned for a previous job, told her employer, I'm leaving, I'm resigning, and uh, was waiting to start actually right on uh, on uh, a couple, couple of days ago. On the Friday before the Monday when mm-hmm. she was starting, she gets an email from her new employer saying, well, we've decided actually we're not as busy as we thought and unfortunately we're not going to need you and hopefully you can go back to work for your previous company. Uh, Of course, she cannot, and she was extremely distraught and upset, as you can imagine. I just quit my job to take on this new job. Now I don't have no job. No job. What do I do? And, And she called me, and that's when we talked. And sure enough, John, that's not something that the new employer can do. That's illegal. You can't offer someone a job, know that they're quitting, and then take the job away. You're liable for compensation, liable for damages. And the amount of compensation is essentially the amount that she would have received from her previous company by severance if wow, that company no had kidding. let her go. So for her, that's about six months pay. So this new company that decided not to hire her is now liable to pay her six months pay. Now, in many of these cases, the, the employer may be able to say, the new employer, oh, we didn't know she quit a job. We had no idea. In this case, they knew. In fact, they put that in the very email that they sent her. Hopefully, you can go back to work right. for another company. Because they knew she quit a job, they were negligent in offering her a position when they didn't have all their I's dotted and T's crossed. So, yes, they're liable for damages. And these issues do come up quite often when an employer uh, offers a position and then takes the offer away. If that happens, if as a result of that, if you've lost something, if you've relied on the job offer and uh, you quit a job or you've done, maybe you decide not to take another job that you had, then guess what? You're owed compensation. An employer cannot do that. And I'm going to work with her over the next couple of weeks to make sure she gets her full compensation. Does that really hold water if they say, oh, we didn't know you quit another job? Well, obviously. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it can become a he said, she said situation. In this case, we don't even have to go there. They put it in writing that they mm-hmm. knew she quit another job. And, you know, it's, it's a very unfortunate for her. She went from having two jobs, essentially, to having none. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully the next time uh, that I'm on the air here, I can provide an update and say that we've resolved it and we've, we've gotten her uh, the compensation that she's owed. Of course, it's half decent to get six months paid for not even stepping in the door. Hey, man, nice. uh, I know, except she thought she'd have a job right. for many years right. now. And if she doesn't find a job within six months, she's still, you know, n- not in a good situation. But, yeah, it's better to have that than not to have it. Of what course. else you got? The other situation I'll tell you about, very different. And, again, under the, the rubric of employers that should know better. Mm. 
uh, involved uh, this lady that worked for a, uh, a hospital. And again, a hospital, usually a, a large employer should be a sophisticated employer. They have you know, lawyers, they have HR people. And unfortunately, this lady she had suffered from a number of medical conditions. And because of that, she often had to take time off work. Uh, again, this was uh, time off with doctor's notes every single time, uh, not, not just unilaterally uh, taking days off. So after a few days off, the employer starts providing her warnings because of her absence. Your absence are unacceptable, providing her with a warning. And that's, by the way, absurd. The only reason an employer would provide a warning is to get the employee to stop doing something that the employee shouldn't be doing. Well, what are you going to stop her from doing? Being sick? It's ridiculous, (laughs) right? So the employer provides these warnings. Unfortunately, she continues to have to have uh, days off here and there because of her uh, medical condition. And so what does the employer do? Terminates her for cause. That's right. Well, we've given you warnings. You know, we hear Lior saying on the on the radio, mm-hmm. you need to provide warnings. We've given you warnings, so now we're letting you for cause. Well, that's nonsense because she didn't actually do anything wrong, other than being sick and and following her doctor's orders. There's no misconduct here. Right. So this is a, and this is a hospital, by the way, which should be attuned to the fact that people may be sick. Uh, and as a result of that, this is a wrongful dismissal. Potentially, it's a human rights issue as well. Uh, you know, if she's suffering from a serious medical condition that could be classified as a disability, and then she's let go, there's human rights issues. So she's going to get a significant amount of compensation. By the way, John, she's been with them for uh, over 10 years. So uh, she's owed a lot of compensation, over a year's pay for her. And there's no cause. So remember, employees, if you're off work for medical reasons, you've done nothing wrong. You can't be penalized for that. You can't be terminated for that legally. Uh, And unfortunately, this is what her employer decided to do in this case. What should they have done? Well, they should have followed her doctor's uh, notes Mm -hmm. and allowed her to take time off work. If they didn't think the doctor's notes were adequate, they should have asked for more information, more specific information about when she could expect to resume regular duties but not to provide someone a warning. How dare you be sick? We're <laughs> warning you to stop being sick. It's ridiculous. Uh, it, it's, I mean, someone probably should be fired from the HR level there. They really did, did it wrong. Take a quick break. We'll get to the severance pay calculator. This is uh, an amazing tool. If you haven't stumbled upon it yet, you will very shortly. In the meantime, the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and email is Lior at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number anytime to get a hold of Lior or Lior at employmenthour.com. Severance pay calculator. What's it been? Three years? Millions and millions of people have used this thing. It's fantastic. Uh, millions of people. Well, thousands fact, yeah. anyway. Uh, tens of thousands, right. maybe hundreds of thousands actually have used it. Uh, we're very, very proud of it. Uh, severancepaycalculator.com. Everyone should use it if you lost your job. Uh, I assure you that the severance offer you're looking in front of you if you just lost your job is not adequate. It's not because I don't want it to be. It's because it just isn't in over 90% of the cases, and I'm probably being very conservative. That's why I created the severance calculator, because 90% of the people need it. Uh, you know, it, It's not as common these days as it used to be to have longer-term employment. We don't see as many people working for 20 years. Things change. You may work for a place at a year or two. Don't assume that just because you work for at a place for a year or two, you don't get severance mm-hmm. or you don't get a lot of severance. You do. 
Use the severance calculator always, always. If there's a, a, an interruption in employment, if you lost your job, uh, tell people about it to use it because they themselves are going to, if you, they don't use it, if they don't know their legal entitlements, they're going to walk away from tens of thousands of dollars that they're owed. Again, severancepaycalculator.com. So what do I basically do with the calculator? So you input three pieces of information, John, right. the length of your employment, your age, and the type of job that you have. It's a drop-down menu. It's easy to use. And then it's going to tell you how many months compensation you're owed if you lost your job. Two months, six months, 24 months, anything else in between. So that way, anyone can use it. It takes literally 15 or 20 seconds to do. It's completely free and anonymous. And if you want to, you don't have to, but if you want to, there's a green button you can press there to contact me so that I can help you actually get what you're owed. And it works for employers as well too, right? It so. does, and employers use it all the time, literally daily. There's an employer mode that, that also provides additional information for employers. So employers, you need to know how much you're owed so that you don't get sued, so you don't get into legal disputes. Again, severancepaycalculator.com. You, know, you get a lot of questions through email on the show throughout the hour and uh, every time we do this show, and it's basically, can my employer dot, dot, dot. Everybody has questions about what their employers are allowed to do and not do. Some common questions, some not so common. <clears throat> Pardon me. So we'll get to a bunch of those now. And I'll run them by it. Can my employer change my job or hours of work? Yeah, let's talk about that. Can my employer change my job or hours of work? Very common question that I get. Uh, probably one of the top two or three questions. And the short answer is no, they cannot do that in most cases. An employer does not have a right to change the terms of your employment in a significant way. Now, what's significant may be different from case to case. So uh, changing your hours of work from 9 o'clock, uh, from 9 to 5, to, from you know, 8.45 to 4.45 may not be significant. But changing it from you know to to be from seven to three that could be very significant, or you know demoting you, etc. Changing your compensation. An employer does not have a right to do that. Meaning, if they decide to do it anyway, you can choose to either accept that change, or you can choose to treat your employment as being terminated, what we call a constructive dismissal, and then you get your full severance and you can leave there with severance. So no, an employer does not have a right to change your job or hours of work. And if they do that, you should call me right away. And by the way, you should do that before you continue working. Right. So if your employer changes your, your hours of work and you, know, you, you do it for a while and then you want to call me because now you're not happy about it, it may be too late at that point because you're considered to have accepted these changes. So the best time to get legal advice is when your employer first announces that it's going to change the terms of employment. And that number, by the way, one 5900 Talking about things you don't know if your employer can do. Can my employer put me on a performance improvement plan? Again, another very, very common question. And the short answer is yes, an employer can put you on a performance improvement plan. The real question, though, is, is it justified? Mm. Did you do something deserving of being put on a performance improvement plan? If the answer is yes, fine, then it is what it is. You do your best. If the answer is no, I don't agree with it. Uh, they shouldn't be putting me on it. Then there's no way to prevent the employer from putting you on it. But you have to put your position in writing on the record. You have to tell your employer in writing why you disagree with the performance improvement plan, why you disagree with what they're saying you did wrong. You can't be considered to just have accepted it without argument. So you can't stop them. They can put you on a performance improvement plan, but I never, ever, ever, John, want anyone to just accept it without a comment. It's going to be very difficult to argue later that that wasn't appropriate if you were just silent about it. So being silent is not a good idea when you're put on a performance improvement plan. 
And you've often said, get everything on record, make everything, right? emails, write it down something. Right. For everything, not just this. Well, if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. Right. If you, if you want to have a record of something, well, you create a record of something. Don't assume people are going to tell the truth about what was discussed later. If, you, if you're having an important discussion with your employer, if you're conveying important information, if that's important enough to, uh, to, to warrant being put in writing, then put it in writing. Make sure there's a written record of it, even if it's an email confirming a discussion which you had, that you had with your employer. Always a good strategy. If you have that, you'll, you'll always be protected. Talking about the most common questions Lior gets about their people and about their employers going down the list. Another one, can my employer, it's kind of a general question, pay me less than my other or than other employees? Yeah, and a uh, very common question. I actually had one uh, earlier this week. An employer, employee, I'm sorry, uh, he asked me, well, I, I understand that I'm getting paid less than other people doing my job. Is that right? Can my employer do this? The short answer is yes, your employer can do this unless they're paying you less because of a discriminatory grant. So they cannot pay you less because you're a woman. They can't pay you less because you have a medical condition or because uh, your age. They cannot do that. They can pay you less because someone else may be a better negotiator than you and mm-hmm. negotiated higher salary uh, and maybe you, you, know, you were t- too timid to ask for a raise. That's legal. It's not fair maybe. It's not right maybe, but it's legal. So your employer can pay you less than other people as long as they're not discriminating against you because of age, sex, marital status, position, etc. That's uh, that's the key. 1-855-821-5900 is the number anytime. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com is the email. We'll get to an email as soon as we come back and then continue with more of our questions about your employers, can my employer, dot, dot, dot. That is on the way more the Employment Hour right here. Talk Radio AM640 and AM900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900. That's Lior's number and the email is Lior at employmenthour.com. Patricia writes in before we get back to our can my employer do so-and-so. We'll get to those questions here in just a bit. Patricia says our department is being shut down and I'm going to lose my job. I am scheduled to go on maternity leave in a few weeks. Can you explain what happens to my severance and mat leave in this situation? So uh, good question. Given the fact that the department is being shut down, Presumably, there's no discrimination here. In other words, you're presumably, Patricia, not being let go because you're going on maternity leave. Everyone in the department is going to unfortunately lose their job. So so here's what, what needs to happen here. Yeah, number one is you want to make sure that you get your uh, your maternity leave benefits. You'll get your EI. And so the way to deal with that is you want your severance to be paid after the maternity leave is done. If your employer owes you severance and they pay it to you now, you're not going to get EI because you can't have EI and salary for the same period of time. Oh, wow. So if you're going to be off on a maternity leave for a year, and EI is going to pay you for that year, you want your severance to be paid a year from now. And you can do that. today. You can do that. Well, you need to work that out with your employer. You need to reach that agreement. But from the employer's perspective, they have no problem. Why would they? So number one, you want to make sure you get your full severance, okay? Uh, you want to make sure that you, you, you not the fact that you're losing your job doesn't mean you're not, or because the department is closing down, doesn't mean you, you don't get your full severance. You can go to severancepaycalculator.com to find out exactly how much severance you're owed. And second, again, work with your employer about timing, that the payment is paid at the end of the maternity leave. So if your employer won't pay you proper severance or won't work with you on the timing of that payment, you need to give me a call because you're owed both and there's no reason why you shouldn't get both. Uh, If your employer pays you proper severance and works with you on on the timing, you're fine. 
But I have a suspicion that uh, on at least one of those two fronts, you may need some help. So, Patricia, give me a call. one 821 is that number. We're talking about things that can, can my employer change so and so. So we'll get back to these questions. These are usually like the top 10 or 12 that you get. Can my employer make me come back to work contrary to my doctor's opinion? Yeah, and we touched on it briefly in the week that was yeah. at the beginning of the show. Uh, And and the short answer is no, absolutely not. An employer cannot make you do something contrary to what your doctor is saying. Uh, Your employer is not in any position to determine whether you can work or not. The only one that's in a position to determine that is your doctor. So if your doctor is saying you need to be off work, doesn't matter if it's for a day, a week, a month, a year, it doesn't matter. Your employer has to give you, allow you to take this time off. And if your employer doesn't do that, if your employer imposes discipline, like we were talking about Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the show, gives you a hard time, threatens you, considers you to have resigned, all of that is illegal. There could be human rights violations in doing that. Very, very bad idea for an employer to, to, to argue with that. Your obligation as an employee, if you cannot work, is to provide a doctor's note, you, to provide corroboration from a doctor. A doctor is the one that has to say, you cannot work. It's not up to you to say that. Once you've done that, you've essentially fulfilled your legal obligation. An employer cannot do something about that. I deal every day, John, with uh, employees who are struggling dealing with their employer because their employer is not believing their doctor. Give me a call if that happens to you. Your employer cannot make you come back to work contrary to what your doctor is telling you. List of common questions under the header, can my employer blank? Uh, Can my employer let me go? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, probably the yeah. number one question is, you know, my employer let me go. I did nothing wrong. Can they do this? Mm-hmm. Uh, the answer to that usually and almost always is yes, they can. An employer generally can let an employee go at any time and for any reason as long as they pay proper severance. Now, uh, oftentimes it's unfair. You've done nothing wrong. You've worked really hard. You've done really well and you lost your job. Why should you lose your job? That's unfair. And I agree with you. That completely is unfair. That said, unfair doesn't necessarily mean illegal. Right. Uh, oftentimes, things that are unfair are still legal in the eyes of the law. And it is legal to let someone go if they've done nothing wrong. So an employer can let you go. The problem arises, of course, John, that in over 90% of these situations, the employees actually offered a lot less severance than what they are owed. And that's what makes it illegal. So, yeah, can you lose your job? Yes. Uh, Unfortunately, you have to make sure that you get proper severance because your employer may not offer it to you. Of course, the exception, John, to the rule that an employer can let an employee go for any reason is it cannot be a discriminatory reason. You cannot be let go because of your age or your medical condition or your ethnicity, et cetera. That's illegal. doesn't matter how much severance you get paid. So I can't let someone go because they're, uh, I think they're old. That's illegal. But short of that, I can let someone go because I I think that someone else uh, will do a better job or someone else will take less money. I could do that, but I have to pay full severance. We've often joked, in fact, you know, years and years ago when we first started this show that, you know, someone come in and say, you know, you drive a red car, I like blue cars, so I'm letting you go. Preposterous and stupid, but legal. I've never had that happen, but completely (laughs) legal. The color of the car, if it's used as a reason for termination, as dumb as that is, is legal. But of course, the person would have to get paid their full severance. We're talking about, uh, can my employer blank? The questions, most common questions that come across the OR's desk. We'll get to uh, one more before we take a quick break. Can my employer lay me off? temporarily. You'd love this one. I love this one. And the answer almost always is no. Your employer cannot lay you off temporarily. 
A temporary layoff, John, is a termination, which means if you've been laid off temporarily, you're entitled to your severance if you choose to treat that as a termination. So if you've been laid off temporarily, you can accept it and hope that you get called back and and do go back if they call you. Or you can treat that as a termination and get your full, complete severance right now and, of course, uh, move on to a different job. So, no, an employer does not have a right to lay off temporarily. There's a lot of confusion about this out there, both for employees and employers. So you've heard it here. I've made it clear. No, there's no right to lay you off temporarily unless, of course, it's happened in the past and you let it happen in the past. You've accepted it in the past. Then the employer has a right to do it again. But if there's no history of temporary layoffs with you specifically, then no, any temporary layoff would otherwise be a termination of employment and would entitle you to your full severance. one 821 is Lior's number. Anytime you want to get a hold of them, shoot us an email. We'll get to another of those after a short break. The uh, email address, Lior at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour, Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number anytime. It is Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll get to a email before we get back to our topic for this week. Fred writes in, says, I drive a school bus. My employer is federally regulated, and HR told me that I only get two weeks severance. Because of that, is it right? No, John, it's not right. And man, I, for some reason, I, I, I've gotten a bunch of these uh, emails and calls over the past few weeks. I don't know, maybe there's something in the water with federally regulated employers. A so, term, they love that term. So, yeah. so some employers are regulated provincially, most of them, in fact, some are federally regulated, usually transportation companies, banks, telecommunications mm-hmm. companies, you know, you know, this, this company, Radio uh, Chorus, is regulated federally. So uh, a lot of people think that there's different rules that applies when it comes to full severance between a provincially regulated employer and a federally regulated employer. So let's make it clear. There is no difference. You get the same amount of full severance whether you're provincially regulated or federally regulated, not a dollar more or less. And your entitlements are still based on the three main factors, which is the length of your employment, your age, and the type of job that you have. So because of that, the fact that you're federally regulated doesn't mean you only get two weeks or three weeks or anything like that. You may get six months, 12 months, 24 months. You can use the severance calculator. So Fred, if your employer is telling you that you only get two weeks severance, that's nonsense. If you do lose your job and that's what they pay you, that's a wrongful dismissal easily, you'd have to give me a call. And for everyone else there working for a bank, uh, transportation company, etc., remember, the same applies to you. Uh, go to severancepaycalculator.com if you lose your job. You know, when you get that question every time, you know it's not the person that came up with it on their own. It's probably their employer telling them that, right? Oh, clearly, yeah. No, it's the employer. And oftentimes, the employer itself may be ignorant to their obligations or mm-hmm. clueless. Uh, so I don't necessarily think it's the employer trying to you know, get away with something. They may not know any better. So that's why we do this show, to, impl- to inform and advise both employers and employees. I-, I know that sometimes, John, it sounds like I'm picking on employers. I understand that. It's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to inform and advise. I have many clients that are employers. They, they try to run an honest business and abide by their legal obligations. Uh, and and uh, you know, my job is to help them do that. one 821 5900 is the number. We're talking under this topic of can my employer blank? The questions that come through your office, the most popular ones. Can my employer make me work overtime hours? Yeah. So a very common question. Can my employer actually make me work overtime hours? Well, the, the short answer is it, it depends. It depends on what the, the terms of employment are when you're hired. If you're hired to work 40 hours a week and there's no mention of overtime hours, an employer can't make you work 50 hours a week. 
uh, if you've worked overtime hours before uh, and now you decide you don't want to, you may not be able to do that because there's a history there. Mm -hmm. So an employer, this goes back to the idea that an employer cannot change the terms of employment. So if you've never had to work overtime hours and now your employer is making you do that, you actually can say no. And if the employer uh, still makes you do that, that could be a constructive dismissal. So in most situations, the employer cannot make you do it. That said, we always want to go back to the employment agreement, that piece of paper you probably forgot about that you shouldn't have forgot about that you signed when you started working a year, two years, 10 years ago, because that document may specifically give the employer the power to make you work overtime hours. So we always want to pay attention to that. If someone comes in asking that exact question, is do you often advise them to say, eh, maybe a little bit of leeway? Yeah, yeah you know, uh, make uh, them work a bit. Don't, don't get overworked, but maybe accept some. Yeah, certainly. If your if your workday is forty hours and your employer wants you to work forty one hours, yeah, that's probably some leeway that the employer has to to make you do that. Uh, you know, if it's fifty hours, probably not. And certainly, you know, you also don't necessarily want to risk your job over a, an hour here or there. So it's a good idea for both employers and employees to to take the reasonable approach. But at some point, if things become unreasonable, you, you're being faced with demands that are unreasonable, that are very different than what you used to do in the past, mm-hmm. it may be time to get some advice and uh, potentially pursue a constructive dismissal. Workplace uh, harassment is a massive part of your business, so can my employer punish me if I complain about workplace harassment? A big, big concern that employees have. You know, I've been harassed at work. Uh, something awful is happening. My, I'm afraid, though, that if I complain about it, if I talk to my employer, maybe they won't believe me and I'll get penalized. So let me, let me talk about that from a legal standpoint. An employer cannot penalize someone for raising harassment issues. In fact, that's illegal. Mm-hmm. That's a violation of a statute. Uh, and, and the law makes it very clear that to, uh, to, to penalize someone, punish them, let them go, demote them, et cetera, because they've raised a harassment issue is what we call a reprisal. It's illegal. You cannot do that. So any employer that does that may actually get hit not only potentially with uh, legal action by the employee, but also the government, believe it or not, may find them. The government may enforce that by virtue of the fact that it's a, it's a statute. So, no, you shouldn't be concerned about that. The best approach always, if you're facing workplace harassment, is to go speak with your employer, someone at HR, manager, someone in a position of authority. Let them know what happens. Okay. Let, give them the opportunity to fix the problem, to investigate and take remedial measures. Now, in some cases, it's not practical to do that. If the owner of the company is the one that's harassing you, who are you going to complain to, Right. But other than that, if it's say, a supervisor that's the one that's harassing you or a coworker, you may go over their head or to the HR manager and, and let them know what's going on. You should always do that as a first recourse. If that doesn't resolve the problem or certainly if you get penalized somehow, you should call me right away because an employer cannot penalize you for raising harassment issues in And the again, workplace. keep records of everything that you do. Always, right? yeah. always. If you speak to the HR manager, make a record of that. Uh, send them an email. Have a written record because we may need to show at some point that you tried to resolve it internally and they just didn't do anything about it. one 821 5900 is the number anytime and Lior at employmenthour.com. Stick around. Lots more to go. The Employment Hour right here. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.
1-855-821-5900 is the number, and Leora at employmenthour.com is the email. we got a couple more to go here under the header of can my employer blank. The next one is can my employer take away my severance if I don't accept a severance offer? Everybody's scared of that. Everybody's scared of that. So here's let, let, me, let me paint the scenario. Let me describe the scenario. So you, you walk into the meeting where your employer is telling you you're losing your job, unfortunately. We have to make some cuts. You're gone. All right? They hand you a piece of paper. One of the things that piece of paper does is it offers you amount of severance, a certain amount of compensation. Uh, let's call it six weeks pay. Mm-hmm. And then there's a line that says, well, we need you to sign this by Friday at five o'clock or whatever it is. And if you don't, we're not going to pay you the six weeks pay. And then you're extremely worried that, wait a second, if I'm going to speak to Lior or if I'm not going to sign this by Friday at five o'clock, I'm not going to get the six weeks pay. And then what do I do? Uh, so, you know, let, let's uh, let's alleviate those concerns here. No, an employer cannot do that. You are owed what you're owed. I don't decide how much you're owed. The law decides what you're owed. So if the law says you should have a certain amount of money, you're going to get that amount of money. The thing is this, that, that six weeks that you've been offered, in my example, is probably a fraction of what you're actually owed. You may be owed six months compensation. So why would you ever accept six weeks pay if you're owed six months pay? Makes no sense. Oftentimes, an employer may count on you being afraid and concerned about losing to get you to accept less than what you're owed. Mm -hmm. So always, always be mindful of the fact that your legal entitlements don't expire Friday at 5 o'clock. You're not losing anything. You're always going to get paid what you're owed. Take the time to get legal advice. Take the time to use the severance calculator. If it's Friday at uh, 10 p.m. and no one's available, go to severancepaycalculator.com and find out exactly how much you're owed. So never be worried about losing your severance if you don't accept it on the deadline. Be much more worried about accepting something that's less than what you're owed because at that point, once you've accepted it, usually you cannot go back. And if you find out that you are owed another $50,000, you may not be able to do anything. And John, every single week I speak with people that are owed tens of thousands of dollars more than than what they've been offered. And in many of those cases, they've already accepted it and it's too late to do anything. And it's heartbreaking to tell them, yes, you would have been owed another $50,000. $50,000. But I can't help you because you signed that piece of paper. So if it's not Friday at 5, what's my length? How long do I have to do this? You actually have two years, John. Wow. That, that's, that's why I say A little don't bit worry about it. Two <laughs> years from the date you lost your job. Now, I, I wouldn't see any reason in the world why you would wait two years. If you lost your job, you should get legal advice right away. But hypothetically speaking, yes, you have two years from the date you lost your job. So that Friday at 5 deadline is meaningless. It's useless. It doesn't mean anything. So don't worry about it. We'll get to one more under the header of can my employer blank this one. Can my employer close down shop and avoid paying me severance? A, a big concern that people may have is, you know, I'm, I'm concerned or that, you know, my employer's offered me the severance, but... What if I don't accept it and then they close down shop? Am I going to get paid? So, you know, this is an interesting situation. The only way an employer can, I guess, avoid paying what their obligations are is if they're formally in bankruptcy. Now, it, you can't just decide to be in bankruptcy. Well, yeah, I don't feel like paying you, John, so I'm going to de- declare bankruptcy. You can only go to back into bankruptcy in specific situations where uh, you have uh, debts that significantly outweigh your uh, your income or, or your uh, uh, assets. In those situations, you may be able to declare bankruptcy. Many companies that stop operating are not in bankruptcy, nowhere near bankruptcy. They've just decided it's not profitable to run this mm-hmm. business anymore. We're going right. to shut it down. That company still has accounts receivable, assets, equipment, property, etc. 
So generally speaking, com a company shutting down is not going to be something that's going to allow the company to avoid paying severance. It's only in formal bankruptcy proceedings, which is much more rare. So usually it shouldn't be a concern. But again, the best thing I can tell you is if you lost your job, you're worried about uh, the status of the company, if they're going to shut down, if they're going to go into bankruptcy, give me a call. I should be able to find out more about whether that's a real risk or not. one 821 5900 at employmenthour.com. Sean writes in, says, uh, I was let go for cause because my employer said I missed too many days of work for medical reasons. Can they do that? Uh, yeah, well, no, they, they they actually can't. And, you know, Sean, this, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the top of the show at, on the week that was. An employer cannot let you go for cause because you've missed day for medical reasons so long, of course, Sean, so long as you've provided them with doctor's notes. If you just kept calling in and saying, hey, I'm sick, I'm not coming in today, and they've asked you for doctor's note and you didn't provide them, yeah, an employer at some point can say, well, you keep going on unauthorized leaves of absence or unauthorized medical days, we're going to let you go. But as long as you've provided them with notes, then they cannot let you go for cause uh, and that would be a wrongful dismissal. Now, if the employer has never asked you for doctor's notes, they can't complain that they didn't receive them. An employer that wants doctor's notes, an employer should get doctor's notes, well, they have to ask for it. So if you've missed work today and your employer wants a doctor's note, they should ask for it. They can't say, well, you didn't give it to us, we didn't ever ask for it, so we're going to let you go. So, uh, Sean, if that's what actually happened to you, if you lost your job because of your days off work, it is very important that you give me a call because not only have you been wrongfully dismissed, your rights under the Ontario Human Rights Code may have been violated as well, which, uh, again, makes it illegal. Okay, is there a time limit to how much time you can take off or be off or medical? Not really, John. Yeah. There's really no time off. Uh, some people can, uh, can you know, be off for years oftentimes if that's what the doctor says. What, what's more important is, is there a prospect of returning back to work? Mm -hmm. If you've been off for a long time and the doctor's saying, yeah, you're, you're not coming back to work, at that point, the employer may be able to end the relationship with you. It could be what we call a frustration of contract. It's not cause, it's a frustration of contract. Otherwise, yeah, if you're trying to get better and your, employer, your doctor is trying to help you get better, you can potentially be off for years if that's what it takes. And your employer cannot penalize you, cannot terminate you, can't treat you as having resigned. You still have a right to your job in that case. We'll take a quick break. We'll bounce over to overtime and some of the uh, headers under that particular topic. In the meantime, the number one 855 821 and Lior at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour. On Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. one 821 5900 is Lior's number and Lior at Let's uh, touch on overtime last few minutes here of the uh, show. Who gets overtime? So, John, uh, usually uh, people that get overtime are anyone that's working in, in a non-managerial position. Doesn't matter if you're hourly, doesn't matter if you're salaried. You are owed overtime if you work more than 44 hours a week. Now, there's some exemptions to this. Certain professionals don't get overtime. So, lawyer, uh, liars, lawyers, oh my God. There's a Freudian, Freudian slip if I've slip. ever heard one. Uh, lawyers. <laughs> Thank you for that, John. I appreciate it. <laughs> Lawyers, doctors, accountants uh, don't get that. You know, it's, it's it's summer months now, so pool cleaners, unfortunately. See, you, that's so bizarre. It's bizarre. I've been you, asking that for three years. Why pool cleaners? I don't know. I don't know why, but pool, pool cleaners don't get overtime. Uh, IT professionals don't get overtimes. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, people in regular jobs, salaried 
or uh, hourly get overtime if they work more than 44 hours a week. Uh, and and uh, there's no exceptions to that. You have to get that paid. A lot of people think, well, I'm on salary. I'm not hourly, exactly. so I don't, I don't get, I don't get exactly. that. But no, you have to get paid overtime in any event. So how's it generally calculated? So overtime is calculated based on time and a half over hours, uh, o- over 44 hours a week. So whatever you make an hour, time and a half over 44 hours a week. Now, if you get a salary, to, the way that we calculate it is we simply take your weekly salary and divide it by 44. Mm-hmm. That gives us a certain hourly rate. That times one and a half is what you get for every hour over 44 hours a week. Uh, an employer has to pay that. Uh, there's no exceptions. We're on the uh, subject of overtime. Does the employee have to approve the overtime? Yeah, and uh, the, the short answer is, is, is no in the sense that if the overtime is worked and if it's legitimate, John, the employer has to pay for it. Uh, and the employer can't say, well, I, I didn't approve exactly. you working overtime, so I'm not going to pay you. Now, if an employer has a policy that says overtime has to be approved, uh, before it's worked, and you work it anyway, well, your employer still has to pay you for the hours, except the employer may be upset that you were working mm-hmm. overtime, so that be- could become a disciplinary issue. Your employer may provide some sort of a discipline because you worked unapproved hours, but you still have to get paid. If the overtime is required to do the job and you work it legitimately and you can prove what you've worked, if you work more than 44 hours a week, even if it wasn't approved, you have to get paid for overtime hours. So the next question, obvious, what, ha- what happens if the employer refuses to pay it? Yeah, well, if the employer refuses to pay, I would always try to resolve it initially with the employer. See if you can convince them and explain to them what their obligations are. If they still won't do it, then one of the places you may want to go to is the Ministry of Labor. I always say do not contact the Ministry of Labor if you lose your job and because they cannot help people that mm-hmm. lost their jobs. They can help people get their overtime that's owing to them. So it's perfectly fine to go to the employer, uh, to the, go to the Ministry of Labor, complain about the employer, and have the, the Ministry of Labor help you get overtime. I can help you as well, uh, but get some legal advice. Contact the Ministry of Labor, and uh, don't just walk away from money that you're owed. How far back can you claim? You can go back, John, two years. So, so you can go back two years from now to get any overtime that's owing to you. So if you've been working overtime for the last two years, your employer's never paid that to you, you could potentially be owed tens of thousands of dollars. I've had cases like that in the past. So you can go back two years if you've worked more than 44 hours a week. Uh, very important. So when it comes to severance, how is overtime dealt with in that regard? So a very common situation is someone is let go and you know their salary is $50,000, but they've also usually work overtime and that's another $15,000. Right. So you know your compensation with overtime could be $65,000. Well, when it comes to severance, that overtime amount has to be accounted for. So if your earnings on average are $65,000 because you work overtime, that has to be included as part mm-hmm. of your severance. Your employer has to include that. Oftentimes what I, I may see is an employer calculating severance on the, on the basis of your base salary only. So, John, I owe you six months severance and your, your base salary is $50,000. i am going to pay you six months on the basis of $50,000. Right. But if you traditionally work overtime and you get paid that, then the, the amount of severance that you're owed has to be calculated on the higher amount. Remember, severance includes all components of compensation. So salary, overtime hours, bonus, benefits, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all of that has to be included. We've got a couple minutes here left, so we'll get into the severance pay calculator and uh, termination questions as well. First, severance pay calculator. Again, to, to close off the show, John, the, the, the number one place, that the easiest tool to go to if you lost your job is the severance calculator, severancepaycalculator.com. 
as the name suggests, it assesses how much you're owed if you've lost your job. It's a really interesting tool. It's easy to use. You input your position, the length of your employment, and your age, and it's going to tell you how much money you're owed. So again, first place you go. It's automatic. I, I just walked out of the termination meeting. I go on my laptop or I grab my smartphone and I go to severancepaycalculator.com. If you have another question that's more involved, you, you need to know more than just how much severance mm-hmm. you're owed. Well, I, I've made it easy as well. I've created a website called terminationquestions.com. Again, terminationquestions.com. You go there, you post a question anonymously, completely free, and myself or one of the lawyers that works for me at my office are going to respond usually within a few minutes with a full answer. It's strictly about giving you access to legal information. There's no strings attached. or don't ask for anything in return. So again, terminationquestions.com. Until next time, the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Call Lior anytime at that number. You need more advice, talk to him live in person and through email. It's Lior L I O R at employmenthour.com. This has been the Employment Hour right here, Talk Radio AM six forty and AM nine hundred CHML.